Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital Show. I'm Lital. Hi Didi, how's it going? Things are awesome. We are back from Vegas to normal human temperatures. So I am very, very happy. It's nice around here. Yes, yeah? it, yes it is. Except for our basement that was again underwater. Yeah, we got a lot of rain <laughs> when yes. we were away. Yes. So some happy thoughts of the coming. One of the nice things in Vegas is the randomness element. You sit at a bar and you might see people that you would never expect. Like I was just sharing with producer Dave. That uh, it, it all started at the tail end of the evening in the wind when we saw like one of the Golden Knights rookies. I really don't know his name. But sitting there with his mom and his dad, basically entertaining them. And it was a very fun experience because you could see that he's there with mom and dad. Because people were asking me, what, what, why are you staring at this guy? So I, he, he was up for one of the rookies of the year. So. And you could see that he's insanely ripped. And then, lo and behold, a whole bunch of other NHLers are showing up. The first guy I recognized was Marc-Andre Fleury, who everybody knows. When Omri wanted to be a goalie, he really looked up to him. And then I recognized Ryan Reeves, who looks a lot more impressive in person. Last time I saw him, he was getting beaten up by Chara, but everybody can get beaten up by Chara. So so you got to see real-life NHL players. Yes. Always makes me feel humbled and understand how fat, old, and out of shape I am. Sure. Because they, they're always, they always look better. Anyways, sports is back, football is back, everything is back, everything is awesome. Awesome. Well, we have a topic today for everyone, not yes. just for people in cybersecurity, because it's kind of like a discussion. As Typically, we bring you topics that we have for either dinner or breakfast discussion. And yes. we, we thought that you may like the topic, and this is something we would really want to hear from our listeners. What do you think? So... The topic is being an individual contributor or moving into management career track. The dilemma. Yes. The dilemma because early in our career, all of us come in as ICs. We learn, we, we roll up our sleeves, we do the job. And as you progress in your career, there is this golden standard of becoming a manager, moving on the managerial track, becoming a director, and then a VP, and then a C-level, and managing a big team. And it's not for everyone. And many times, it's not the right thing for you. So we wanted to kind of like give you a little bit of our thoughts about should you or shouldn't, or shouldn't you yep. take the IC track in life versus the managerial track because managerial is not for everyone it's not only that it's not for everyone there is a concept called the peter principle the peter principle says that you're stuck at the first job that you're not really good at and you're stuck for for the rest for, of your life your, because you cannot move on you cannot move on and most people don't have the courage to move back you'll be promoted until you get it's stuck, stuck and the, you, that means you will be most of your career Doing a shitty job. Doing stuck at a, a job that you're bad at. 
that's that's the the thing that's the essence you're promoted until you do until you you get to the first job you don't do well and that's the inefficiencies of organization meaning yes. that they have a bunch of people doing the, the job that they're bad no, at yes and let's start with why do people aspire to manage and the first reason is I blame moms everywhere moms Jewish moms just want you to be a lawyer or a doctor I didn't hear a mom saying you need to be that, that's a manager be, that, that's because our moms are and now they want you to be in cyber security if yeah. you're a Jewish mom yes, yes but the, the, the fact is that there's a lot of cult in a lot of cultures I've dealt with this a lot in Indian culture and I've dealt with this a lot in American culture is that there's an aspiration to manage and sometimes I, I got to talk to people and I said listen you have two options I can pay you 30% more as an IC or make you a manager what do you prefer and a lot of people choose the manager and that kind of debunked my, my thought process that people do this for money now some people have this misconception that that on the on the IC path compensation will always be lower than the individ than the managerial path because they look at the CEO and say well Chuck Robbins makes X amount of money Satya makes X amount of money yeah no you are not Chuck Robbins you are not Satya you you, you are not Meg Whitman you're not Marissa Meyer get over it There's reality. So very few people have the DNA to head a massive organization like that and reap the, the compensation that's relevant. So once you take out that 1%, you'll see that all the big companies, and if, you're, if you, the company that you're working for does not value IC in a comparative track up to VP level with... managerial track. the managerial track you're in the wrong place find another job also to even be more blunt Google Palo Alto Microsoft all have this concept called the supercoder they know that a team of seven like when I was working with Microsoft there was a, like a team of 30 building SQL server that that's it but they were all really really well compensated there there's always a The teams in some of these companies that they will pay a lot of money and go outside the known brackets to pay so if you're really really good at your job more likely than not and you can be in the top tier of your job there's a possibility that you'll be better compensated as an individual contributor it's also true for sales right oh, yes. oh, <laughs> We, oh, we've yes. seen so many salespeople making more <laughs> than a CEO of a company. Because they're rainmakers and they can close huge deals and get into the accelerated yep. quota and uh, they hit seven number figures easily. Yep. Not easily, they work very hard, but they don't manage. They don't need to have the complexity. Closing deals is complex enough and they go this route. But yep. a lot of people think even in sales, not just in coding and in, in engineering, I need to go and move into managing others instead of staying in, in an individual contributor role. So 
I, I think there is more to that. It's not the, what you call the fault of the mother. I think we are in a society that being a manager, having a, a managerial position has a little bit more of a prestige, seems more lucrative. I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it's a status, I think. And, and people want sometimes the status, and even if the comp's not necessarily aligned to it. And I think if you are considering it, if you are you know, having this conversation Try to think, am I doing it for the status? And it's fine. We all need to feed our ego. Some have bigger ones, some have smaller ones. Be realistic with yourself and ask, is this something I'm doing for the status of it? And it's fine. And you can admit it to yourself and go for it if that's important. But if you kind of like clean it and say, yeah, the status is really great, but... I may enjoy my day-to-day less. I may be less effective because I really enjoy doing the thing that I do. I'm not necessarily enjoying teaching others how to do it and training others and solving problems of other people. Then don't go there. Be uh, I, I think a it's, contributor. I think the, it's a maturity curve. So from my perspective, I care about... I'll be honest. I'm the greedy bastard. I, I will do... I will be very happy with an IC job that pays without the need to do other things. So I, I think people should start thinking in, in pragmatic ways. Now, when you talk about the leadership aspect, people think that there is more money to be made down the path. And when you talk about the prestige, I think a lot of times people confuse two roles that seem intertwined, but they are not. There's a difference between a leadership position than the managerial position. You can be a leader as an IC, definitely in sales, definitely in marketing, definitely there's like there's positions like chief evangelist. You manage absolutely nobody, but you are the voice and you are the face. And if that's what you care about, think of if you want to be a leader. Basically... People need you to can lead an area. You can be the number one know-how, the one that is the top leader in the company about a specific area without having a team. Exactly. And without needing to manage a team. Because here's, here's my interpretation of what does, it, what does it mean for you to be a manager versus for you to be a leader, which are two different things. Mm-hmm. So number one role of a manager is make other people more successful than you. Hire great people, train them, retain them, promote them. Enable them. Enable them, make them successful, make them effective. Yes. One of the things that Dennis used to call me, he said, why Didi is doing a great job? He's like Operation Human Shield in South Park. I will not even explain this metaphor. Go find it in South Park. He says, Didi's Operation Human Shield. His job is to make sure that we manage up and deal with making sure that the team can work in peace without having people Absolutely. Come, come, come and talk to my people and interrupt them from their day-to-day. I want a meeting with... No, you meet with me. After you've finished meeting with me, you can have a meeting with... You want to build a new blah, blah, something, something. Awesome. Talk to me. Explain to me. 
Then we'll talk to my team. Oh, I just need to know the spec of the API. I know the spec of the API. Talk to me. And when you do this, in most cases, people, when they call for meetings, they need love, they need care, they need attention, they need socialization. They don't need to bug the engineer that actually is building code and doesn't want to interact. That's why they chose to be an engineer. I think that's an important thing. Your role when you're becoming a manager is to reduce the politics for your team yes. and take the politics for them. Yeah. And I think not a lot of people, and, and some people realize and, and they want to do it. They like politics. They want to be in the minutiae of the organization. And it's true for larger organizations, even small startups have the politics, have the things, have the weeklies, have the management team meetings and stuff. And, and you need to help reduce complexity to your team and take it. And that's one of the most important things of your job. That's a huge enablement for the team to actually be able to do the job. So you need to kind of like be the translator from other places in the org, the one that will screen all the things and help your team prioritize. And that's, I think, more than everything. It's as important in hiring, retaining, training people on your team. Yes. So here's my list of suck of being a manager, which, yeah. okay. I don't, which I don't mind. But people need to be aware, if they want to be a manager, that they need to do. Number one is what I call what happens at interview 40. What does that mean? It means that you're trying to hire somebody for a job. You need to be willing to have 50 interviews to hire the right person for that job. I specifically remember me and Dennis on a flight. He reviewing somebody's homework. He says, why can't we hire him? And I says, because his Java test on the Scala thing sucks. And he says, he's, he's a Java developer that wanted to do the interview in Scala without understanding Scala. He says, yeah, you're right, but I really need to fill that headcount. I said, and what happens when we need to fire him? Make sure that you are able to deal with interview fatigue because your number number one role as a manager, make sure that you only hire the best people for your team. Number two list of that list of suck is be ready to fire a friend. You might hire hire the friend, be willing to fire him or her because a lot of times you'll hire somebody that you've worked with, know... And have a good a rapport with, and they shift and they change and life changes and things. Oh, change. the company shift and they, they need com- something else. It has sometimes it has nothing to do with the capability of the person. Sometimes exactly. priority of the company shifts and. So if you're not willing to have interview fatigue, firing a friend, dealing with tons of office politics, and understand that your team is not a clone of how you used to be. That's the that that. Like, if I need to put the number one problem of every manager I've ever seen, it's the worst in sales. By the way, it's the worst in sales. But engineering is a very, very close second. I don't know how it is in marketing, I'll let you. Is that what do you mean by Hiring the mini-me. So you want people that do it your way, follow your way. Do, things, do things your way. Yeah, exactly the same. And my point to every single manager that I've ever managed or hired or tried to train is you hire people because they are not you. Absolutely. I want people that are better than me, that are complimentary to me, that knows things that I don't. Definitely. Yes. And a lot of times you, you look at a problem and you see the solution and you're trying to tell 
push the person to do the solution. No. The idea is have them understand how to go there. If they don't know what to do, then you need to evaluate, are they the right person for the job? But you need to make people be willing to have different outcomes and different solutions than what you would think. Mm-hmm. Don't try to build a team of mini-me's. And it's important in sales because an army of clones is not very effective. And most of the times, the, the, the individuals there are are kind of snowflakes. The, the, their uniqueness is what makes them great. And same goes for engineers. The, if you need an army of clones, you, you have a serious problem. So the, the, these are my insights. The GD and Latal Show will return in a moment. The GD and Latal Show is sponsored by ORT. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, ORT can help. ORT offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. What are your insights of the things that in the, the, the things that first-time managers or second-time man or kind of the skip-level managers don't realize? I think you need to realize if you are an IC now transitioning to a managerial role, you need to realize that you will need to let go. I see a lot of ICs transitioning for being a manager the first time, still kind of obsessing about every bits and piece of what they do and try to correct. You need to understand that it's not scalable. You've been, and, and many, many managers in the first managerial roles have a hybrid role. They are IC as well as a manager. I think it's really, really important to choose and be very, very clear about what are the areas you're still going to be a contributor and roll up your sleeves and actually do the job, and what are you delegating down. I think many ICs transitioning to management, forgetting that the whole idea to be able to scale and, and build more capabilities is for you to stop doing the damn thing and start delegating down. It's hard because a minute ago, you've done it. You, you've been in the back end of your website and you changed the header. I was doing it all the time. I still do from time to time. But what does it tell my team? It tells them if I go and it's their job to, to do it and I go in and do it on a weekend, it means for them that I don't trust them, that I think that I'm better than them. And I'm not, to be honest. And I brought them as experts. If I bring a web person, he's the expert in web. If I bring somebody to run product marketing, she owns product marketing. It's not me. I give directions. I help. I enable. I am a consultant. We talk about things. But I think letting go is really important. And then it also helps you really figure out 
do you want to stay as a manager? Or maybe you really miss being in the weeds and you need to go back to being an IC and it's going to be great. You love being a contributor. You can go do that. I know a ton of people that actually left working for a company and started freelancing or opening an agency because they realized they love being in the weeds. They love doing a thing and they're well compensated while giving it as a service to multiple companies. So that's something to also think about if you really like it, but you don't want to stay just as an IC in-house, you can move outside. And some positions of consultants, freelancers are very lucrative depending on the area of what you do. Even in coding and engineering, some yep. people come as a high-end consultants, contributors, and make really nice living. So that's also something to consider. But if you are a manager now, let others do the damn job. Don't interfere with the day-to-day. Yes. What else? What else? Here are things to consider that are very valuable to be when you, when you are an IC. And why being an IC is a very important part of the job. The, I think one of the things we, we keep talking about, the, the what not to do when you're a manager. But this is a question to ask yourself when you're doing something. Is what is your number one passion when you wake up in the morning? Think of you, you have your tasks. What is the first thing you're thinking of your day-to-day stack of tasks that you want to do? And if... The first task that you want to do is solve problem. Think of why you want to solve problem. Well, you can be a problem solver even as a manager. Uh, I think we're having this kind of... Is it your lap? Is it coming from you? They're like bubbles. (laughs) That's okay. Should we say it again or you'll be able to clean it up? I can probably clean it up, but just start wherever you are. Let's do bubbles. What was? What did we say before the bubbles? We said you can be a problem solver as a manager. Oh, some managers are problem solvers as well. You you come with yes. I, I, I it's a different scale of problem solving. It's a it's a different problem. And the other thing that you need to start thinking. What one of the things that I think a lot of managers don't realize is how comfortable are you managing up. This is the, probably, I think, one of the biggest advantages of being an IC is reduction of the need to manage up. Yes, and but I will say a but here, which I think is important. I think some people that don't want to deal with managing up will choose to be ICs, and that's fine. Some may say I'm an introvert. I don't want to be exposed to other people on a daily basis. I think, even though it's really important if you want to move up even the IC ladder, for you to being able to show the organization the magnitude of your contribution, your skills, your uniqueness. And it's great when individual contributors anywhere could have exposure to management. First, managers make sure 
you make your individual contributors shine by giving them opportunities to shine and understanding the limitations. If they're introvert, if not, they're not big in presentations, don't make them present to your CEO. That's fine. But instead, do a screenshot of something nice that they did and tell the CEO. Do a shout out. Submit them to those internal awards that you have in your company. Make sure their work is seen. And you, as an IC, make sure your boss and his boss are aware in one way, shape, or form. It doesn't need to be fighting their politics, but people need to know that you are part and, in, and have an important part in the contribution of what the company is building. So I think it's critical because people think, oh, what's great, I'm going to be just an individual contributor. I'll come, I'll code, I'll go home. I don't need to know if we're selling. I don't need to know what we're doing. I don't need to be involved. No, be involved. If know how your code is improving the customer experience, know what it is. Look at a customer testimonial about a feature that you built and make sure people are aware that this testimonial that came, this great customer call that said that I love this feature is because of the things that you coded. People need to know and acknowledge it and people forget. So it's everyone's job to make sure people are aware of their contribution. I think, what do you think? I think you misunderstood what I said. Oh, okay. Uh, That's so, typical. So, uh, yes. <laughs> if you remember in previous episodes, I said that if the engineering team doesn't know what the company does, you need to fire them. Yeah, remember, yeah. We said it. We said it. Say, so, my expectation when I say managing up, it's a very different thing than what you just said. I think everybody in the company, doesn't matter which part and what, what we're, need to understand the business value, understand why, what you're doing is valuable. If you don't understand the basics of you, you did something and nobody knows about what you did, you did nothing. If you do all, if you don't know all these things, th- th- these are these are table stakes. When I talk about managing up, it's a lot more of the complexities of the organization itself, and this is, and this is a different aspect than understanding the business. So I I do want every every single person in the company doesn't matter what they do to ask where where is revenue coming from are we doing good job at these this is outside the scope the managing up is be able to deal with your line of business contribution to the business in a way that the manager gets the right level of attention span so what i think when i think of ic's and managing up is you need to know that you have a good fit with your boss. And if you have a good fit with your boss, stick with him. The dealing with the rest, this is kind of where it starts becoming the more complex. Uh, am I making sense or am I being a little bit va- too vague? Maybe a little bit fa- vague. But uh, I think when you talk about managing up, part of it is what we talked about, the politics, the complexities of the things that go beyond what your team is actually building and delivering, the other complex, understanding other places in the organization. I think the most important thing when managing up in general, and it's important for IC with his manager, manager of others with their managers and stuff, we want to make our bosses successful. We're successful when we're making our bosses successful. So also... 
taking the day-to-day from them and, and understanding what will make them successful and calibrating for that, it's important. But I think that's more of the company at KPIs. So remind me, what, what was the new shiny toy in the managerial space? What, OKRs? OKRs, yes. Objective. Yeah, blah, blah, no, who cares? Yeah. Yes. That's the same. Yes. So, no, so, the, 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 so KPIs is simple to explain that. What is the company's KPIs? If the company needs to make $3 million ARR, everybody needs to ask themselves, what do they do to, to get there? Yeah. That, that means a good thing. simple. And that doesn't matter if you're an ICU or a manager. But the, I think the difference between the two is a little bit of an understanding of the aggregate. And I think that's... I think we are going into completely different conversations, so let's get back. Okay, uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know, think it's relevant traveled. for that. Uh, some of us have traveled. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring you back. So bottom line, I want to wrap this a- and be meaningful and helpful for people that are actually considering that. I think ask yourself and what's good for me now. Also understand that you can go in your career in different ways. You can go for a while and be an IC. Sometimes it's a better fit also for your place in life, your work-life balance situation, your availability to participate in management calls versus your need to be maybe remote, maybe having flexible hours. So there is also a lot to think about it. And I always tell people that are thinking of taking sabbaticals or, or taking a leave that sometimes... It's better to actually, instead of taking a sabbatical or leave and stuff, to actually transition for a while. Instead of being taking another managerial role, just go and be an IC, maybe in a reduced capacity. But still, you're going to learn so much. You're going to be exposed. You're going to stay on top of the newest technologies, methodologies, get exposed to other ways of doing things. So I think it's also really relevant for people needing a change or needing some different times, and then you can always come back. I think the best managers, those that at least know a few of the IC roles in the kind of stack. In, For example, I come from a product marketing background. I also understand very well branding because I was in Procter & Gamble for many years, and that's what they teach you, how to do the build the best brands in the world. But I am not as strong because I haven't led it myself in demand generation, for example. So I bring very strong demand generation leaders and I learned a lot. But I think that my background and the fact that I was an IC in PMM helps a lot when it comes to messaging, positioning, everything that marketing leaders should be on top of and should care most about. So Make sure you have yourself covered in at least one area that is critical before you become a manager. I mean, some people can just be generalists and can be managers because they're great in managing others. I think more and more organizations looking for managers that understand the day-to-day of the roles they manage. Would you agree with that? I do. I do. I I also think that find somebody that you can be basically a teammate with. So Dennis and I did the back and forth that he was director of engineering and I was chief architect and we flipped. This helps a lot by understanding your mobility in some of those roles. 
mm-hmm. try to find somebody that can help you carry the load. So usually when you have a, a strong leader and a strong manager, then you're able to flip. Notice that I said I differentiated between the two. So you, sometimes you need somebody to make sure that, that trains go on time while you have an IC who does the leadership aspect of this. So when you have that ability to kind of go back and forth and, and test the waters. The other thing is I think everybody in the engineering realm need to, to have one managerial role at least once if they want to go beyond the, 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 the limited. So if you want to be a chief architect, you have to be a manager at some point to understand all the problems that managers have to deal with. Because otherwise, you're not able to communicate with them effectively and not empathize with them. So if you're trying to be chief architect, if you're trying to be CTO, if you're trying to be any of the high-end IC jobs, you have to do some managerial job, even if you are really bad at it. Actually, the worse you're at it, the more likely that you're going to be very successful at those high IC roles. You will become more humble and you will learn stuff. You'll understand the constraints. You'll understand the problems that the other side is dealing with. And that makes you a better communicator. That's a great point. Cool. I think with that, uh, let us know what you think. If you have ideas, if you have some dilemmas around the topic, love to hear about that. Thanks, Didi. The Didi and Lital Show is a weekly podcast. We're here every week. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Please, if you want to be on the show, reach out to Didi and Lital. And with that, see you next week. Goodbye, Didi. Goodbye, Lital. Bye-bye. Bye.